Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the show. Hope your week's going well. Um, how's everyone doing? Y'all taking care of yourselves? I got to start remembering to uh, spend some time uh, on the shows just kind of reflecting back or not reflecting back, I guess, as much as just reminding everyone, make sure you're taking care of yourselves. Uh, I was doing a lot more of this during the pandemic, but, um, you know, remember, we're asking those around us, how's your mental health? I, I have to get back to reminding people to do that. A lot of us say things like, how are you? And, you know, that's a pleasantry. And so people nod and say, well, doing well, whether they are or not. And, you know, again, when most people ask that question, they aren't truly interested in any deep, intimate processing. So it's appropriate to just nod along regardless of what's going on. But for those that we have closer relationships with, uh, ask the question differently so that they feel the impact of the difference and, and really realize, wait, this person means what they're saying. And that's why I'll say to friends that I care about and I'm close with, um, how's your mental health? And that's such a targeted question. And again, it lets people know I care. It lets people know I'm someone you can turn to. I'm a safe space to process this. But even more than that, it reminds them to think about their mental health. Again, physical health is so prioritized. It's so overt. Um, it, you can see it sometimes. Yes, there are invisible dif- uh, disabilities and, and limitations, but a lot of times they're very overt and so um, it's very recognized, it's very accommodated. We we don't, you know, hold people accountable when they have to ask for certain access needs to be met or like I said, account, you know, um, accommodations. And, you know, our mental health matters, I think, in a lot of ways more. And uh, saying how's your mental health reminds people to check in on that. Not that there's always something that needs to be done or can be done, because another reminder, mental health is about allowing and tolerating feelings. It's not about getting rid of them. I think we've done an injustice with some forms of psychotherapy and pharma and pharmacology where we've indicated if you feel something that we've deemed to be uncomfortable or bad, the work is about at all costs getting rid of it. But mental health means encountering depression and anxiety multiple times throughout our lives. And again, the work is about not denying or illegitimizing or shaming, nor is the work about amplifying, catastrophizing, ruminating It's a, and acting it out. It's about the middle. We have to learn how to allow and accept. Oh, I'm feeling kind of sad today. Okay, I can sit in that sadness, acknowledge that sadness, but nothing needs to be done. I don't want to insert fear and avoidance. A lot of mental health issues are made worse by people avoiding feelings, thinking I can't manage. We have to learn how to allow and make room for So when you say to someone, hey, how's your mental health? That's a reminder for them to acknowledge that and to maybe 
do some forms of self-care or create space or to sit with it or to process it um, or just to kind of call it out. There's something really powerful in calling out what's going on. I love that. I love people just being transparent about what they need and where they're at. I used to share this example all the time where if you come home from work and you've had a very hard day, it helps you and it helps them if you say, hey, you know, today was a very hard day. Um, I'm struggling with, you know, staying very soft and kind today. What you're doing in calling that out is not giving yourself permission to be a jerk. You're giving your self-awareness. You're saying, I'm aware, I'm going to work with this. You let everyone around you know that you're working on it. You, you let them know that this is something we can maybe kind of talk about. So I love that. Saying to your partner, your kids, your colleagues, like, hey, I'm having a really hard day today. Then people are like, great. You know, we're not going to personalize if your mood seems off. Uh, maybe we'll even step in and do something to maybe make your day a little bit better. Um, but you're normalizing mental health issues. Um, and then we can we can we can work with it a little bit better because again when you're around someone who's struggling people will personalize it make up storylines and narratives as to why they think what's happening is happening so it's just a way to kind of take accountability um also i want to make sure that you are all not burning yourselves out because i'm working with a lot of clients and i would say the bulk of them are living in burnout and they're trying to find ways to stay in the burnout structure but somehow decrease or get rid of it. And we, we can't do it like that. If the inherent way your life is structured and set up is leading you to burnout, well, then the plan and structure needs to change. Doing yoga for an hour isn't going to change the burnout that you step back into afterwards. Um, eating healthier doesn't change the burnout that you're going to step back into after eating your raw salad. All of the meditation and yoga and raw foods in the world won't have any impact on the system of burnout when you're in it. The work is about doing less and changing the structure, living a life that's more self-care centered. And so that's why, again, I'm glad people are talking about four-day work weeks. I'm glad people are saying things like, my weekends are for fun, joy, and pleasure. I'm glad that people are maybe going to bed earlier. I'm glad that people are on their phones less. I'm glad that people are saying no and setting boundaries to things that don't make sense to them or aren't right for them. That's what the work is. More self-care, which means more joy, more pleasure, and more rest. So rest more. You don't need to earn a lazy Sunday. It's called self-care and mental health. Let's not call it a lazy Sunday anymore. You're having a self-care, restful Sunday. Let's glamorize and romanticize and normalize the word rest. I'm resting. Um, also pleasure. Find moments to have some joy and pleasure in your day. Tons of that. And then more leisure, where you're participating in things that have nothing to do with money making. It's not exhausting. It's not depleting. It's just because you enjoy it. All right, we'll be back. Listen to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Stick around. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all right so we are back and tonight we're talking about how to deal with family bullies i don't even like saying it it's i don't it bums me out. You know, when I was thinking about this as tonight's topic, I was like, oh, it just made me feel icky. You know, I, I just, I, I, I don't, ah. not, not that I believe everyone has these loving family members around them, quite the opposite. You know, when I hear people say things, it's your mom, of course she loves you. Unfortunately, no, that actually isn't inherent. A lot of us are raised in families where our parents don't care for us. Talked about this a lot on the show. Love doesn't ever include violence or abuse. It doesn't. Love is the opposite of that. So if you're in a relationship with someone who hits, throws, slams, intimidates, gossips, name calls, puts down, you're in an abusive dynamic. That's not love. They Love does not include that. And a lot of us don't know how to love. We just don't. We think that it's something we're born knowing how to do. No, it's not. We think it's something that's innate in us. No, it isn't. <laughs> Gender's not innate or born into us. It's a social construction. Love is a skill-based thing. It's an action. We are doing it or we're not. It's like relationships. People think, oh, because you're my husband or wife or boyfriend or girlfriend, like I have a partner and I'm in a relationship. No, it's an action. You're relationshiping or you're not. So if you're not currently caretaking and expressing love and romance and interest and attention and connection, then you're not in a relationship. It's like a plant. You got to water it. You got to check in on the soil health. You got to put it in the sun. You got to, it's an action. You don't just buy a plant, stick it somewhere and the work is done. Same thing like a pet. You don't bring home your new cat or dog or bird and you're like, we're good. It's like, no, no, no. You have to actively participate in its life to maintain same thing with romance, same thing with relationality. So just because we were birthed by someone or because by blood we're related to someone, that doesn't inherently mean that we are close, connected, that they're safe, that they're healthy, or that there's even love there. And in fact, a lot of abuse is normalized because people say, oh, but it's your brother. No, I'm sorry. It doesn't matter who it is. They don't get to name call, put me down, attack, hit me. No. And I'd rather you exit from your entire family if they're abusive or bullies. But we have to be very thoughtful about how we label that word. I'm hearing everyone, everyone misusing the words like gaslighting and abuse. 
and narcissism. Everyone's apparently a narcissist. I don't even really use that word because it's just such a misunderstood word. Anytime someone does something we don't like or agree with, they're a narcissist. And everyone's jumping on the bad wagon. There's tons of books coming out and everyone's got an IG page talking about how to identify narcissists. The problem is we're always pointing the finger. All of this work should be, are you a narcissist? Which that's the topics I do on this show. We learn about ourselves. We can't change other people. And the work isn't about voting everyone off the planet when they upset us. So my show, when I did that topic, narcissism was, are you a narcissist? And if so, let's work on that. Not, I'm not helping people identify it in others. We talk about abuse. Um, so before we even get into how to deal with family members that are bullies, which hurts my heart that that's a thing, but it is, and it's even harder around the holidays. Um, I wanted to just really go back to identifying what bullying even is, <laughs> because I think we've normalized some of these things or not aware. So bullying always has a psychological and emotional component. There's also a social component and there's a physical component. So the psychological and emotional components of bullying, and again, we are on tonight's show identifying this in others, which is the rare case, but I want you to also identify it in you. I want you to sit with your shadow side and realize if you at times are a bully, so you can work on it. Healthy people are aware of what their work is. Healthy people are aware of their shadow side. Shadow side being the parts of us that we want to deny, we don't have, we're not proud of, we want to pretend aren't there, but is. We have to be aware of that. So Again, we're assessing ourselves and other people. If you're always pointing your finger at others, you have a lot of work to do. Okay, so the psychological and emotional bullying would be, well, I wanna actually separate this out a little bit better. Okay, so again, the psychological and emotional would be name calling. It would more be the verbal abuse, right? It'd be name calling. It'd be belittling and putting someone down. So you'd say, you never, you always, or you're a jerk, or you're a slob. And it would be criticizing and judging. That's the verbal and emotional, name-calling, belittling, putting down, criticizing, and judging. Um, and someone might say, well, wait a minute. We're not ever allowed to criticize. That's correct. <laughs> it's a very harsh, nasty thing, and it never, never leads to change. Just like no one in the history of the world has ever been calmed down by someone saying, calm down, <laughs> right? So criticism shuts us down. And it should, because it's an aggressive act coming at us. Healthy people will throw a wall up and stonewall something nasty coming at them. That's what criticism is. Criticism is harsh, it's mean, it's not constructive, and it's attacking. If you have something you need to share with someone uh, in terms of your thoughts or feelings about their behavior or how they're treating or relating to you, you do it kindly. You do it relationally. I don't care how frustrated you are. I don't care how exhausted and burnout you are. I don't care how often they do it. You being critical and judging and name calling is you attacking and you're, you're being just as bad. You're being abusive. You're being a bully. You don't have a right to be a bully or to be abusive because you're unhappy with how someone treated you. It doesn't work like that. I'll say this till I'm blue in the face. I'm watching a videotape of what you're doing and I'm editing out the other person. I don't care what they said or did before and you are accountable to everything I see you say and do, Period. You can't, there's no, it is not acceptable to say, well, you know, unhappy with their behavior. So I'm going to let myself be a bully or abusive. Doesn't work like that. Okay. So that's the verbal, that's the verbal is the emotional and psychological. Then we look at the social because a lot of people aren't aware of the social components of bullying because it's somewhat normalized. So here's, here's the bullying in the social form, spreading rumors, gossiping, which means sharing things with others that have been confided in you and excluding others. 
Harassment. That is a social form of bullying and abuse. Again, you might've gotten broken up with, uh, maybe your partner cheated on you. That doesn't mean it's okay to become a bully and to be abusive. I'm sorry you were cheated on. I'm sorry you got broken up with, but that doesn't mean you have a right to share all the things that they confided in you. That means you're being a bully and abusive or to start spreading rumors or to gossip. Go deal with your pain, but you don't have a right to become a bully. We're going to come back and keep talking about this. This is important, so stick around. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. All right, y'all, we're back. And we're talking about how to deal with family bullies. But before we're getting there, we're actually talking first about what bullying is. It's abuse. And uh, we're looking at it in ourselves. And we're looking at it in others. But we have to look at it in ourselves, too, because we often are bullies. Because a lot of bullying has been normalized and it's been made familiar. And I know that it's hard. And this might be a tough show for some of you to listen to because I'm calling you out. But I'm calling you out. I'm calling you out because I care. I care about how we impact each other and ourselves. I care because I want the best from us. I'm holding the bar high. I'm speaking from my best self to your best self. Good friends and good people that care about us don't let us off the hook and they don't co-sign on our bad behavior and they don't pat us on the back when we do something abusive or bullying. I was using a really rough example because this is when people tend to let their worst rip when they're disappointed or frustrated or let down by someone when they're broken up with, when maybe they're cheated on. You always have, you are always held accountable to your behavior. You are never let off the hook. It's not like, well, when things are going well, I expect myself to be kind, but as soon as I'm disappointed or frustrated or harmed, all bets are off and I have no accountability. It doesn't work like that. You still do. And that's when we learn most about someone else. If taking a pause or letting someone down, they become a bully that they're showing you how they manage that. You shouldn't be in a relationship with them. You shouldn't stay with them. You shouldn't get back together with them. What they did during that time counted. It matters. They can't just say, oh, don't let that matter account. That's just what I do when I'm upset. Oh my God, are you kidding me? That's when mental health is most demonstrated, when it's hard. <laughs> that is when it's most needed. That's when it counts the most. So we're talking tonight about the different kinds of bullying and abuse. There's psychological, emotional, there's social, and there's physical. Again, the psychological and emotional is more verbal-based. It's name-calling, it's belittling, it's criticizing, and it's judging. The opposite of that is you kindly and lovingly state what you need to state. And I expect that of you at all times. I don't care what happened. Then we go into the social. Social bullying and abuse is when you spread rumors, you gossip, or you do what we call exclusion. We don't do a lot of exclusion, excluding. You don't see that much. It's usually the rumors and the gossip. People somehow think that while they were with someone, and this person confided them and trusted them that now that we've ended the relationship or I've been harmed by you, I no longer have to honor what you've confided in me and I can spread rumors and gossip and, and that's not true and you are being a bully and you are being abusive and that matters and counts at all times. Be better, be better, be sad, be disappointed, be angry, be frustrated, but you don't act it out and you don't harm someone as a result of that. That is you demonstrating to everyone around you in the world that I'm completely mentally unhealthy and that if you disappoint me or frustrate me, you're seeing what I'll do to you as well. This person has to has a lot of healing to go and do. Please don't keep dating. Please put a pause on your social life and go heal. Because if we're not ready to date because we're so dysregulated, we might not even be ready to be around people. We'll come back to that another time. And then the physical, uh, there's more direct and then there's indirect. So the physical abuse that's direct is hitting, punching, slapping, never okay. And I don't care what gender does it. You know, people that are female identified, you, you, you hitting a man is abuse and it's assault. 
So it's not a gendered thing. Hitting and abusing anyone is wrong, period. It's criminal. But the parts of the physical abuse that we tend to not really acknowledge are the more implied or covert. Throwing something around or near someone, slamming things, breaking things, that's also a form of physical abuse. You might not be actively making contact with someone, but you are absolutely creating fear and violence by throwing, slamming, and breaking around them. It's implied violence. It's actually violence, but it's more, I don't, we don't really have good qualifying terms. People call it covert or implied. No, it's pretty freaking overt and direct, actually. It's, you're, you're creating a, a culture of that. So none of that's okay. So identify that first in yourself. Are you doing any of these things? Knock it off and grow up, work on it. But we're also looking at those around us because tonight's topic is really about dealing with people in our lives, especially family members that are bullies. None of these things are acceptable ever. Now, when we talk about physical abuse, if physical abuse is happening, the minute it occurs, the relationship has stopped and you have a right to just leave. You don't even need to comment. You don't even need to say you're going. It's ended. Now, with things like the social and the psychological and emotional, we tend to give people a little more leeway. And I would say you call it out as abuse. You tell the person that that's what that is. And if they take accountability and they're willing to work on it, well, maybe then they're safe to have in our lives still. But if they won't and they don't, then they're not. Because some people aren't even aware of this. It is possible to have friends, family members, and people you're in a relationship with that aren't abusive on any level. Those people actually do exist. Some people are so unfamiliar with that because their friends normalize abuse and are abusive, their family members. It's heartbreaking. And that's why this topic is so heavy for me. Some people can't imagine a world in which people don't spread rumors or gossip when they're upset, hurt, let down, broken up with, cheated on, or whatever they think excuses it. Some people have no experience of people actually being better. You know, um, I left a relationship of many, many years, heartbreaking, still depressed about it, still traumatized from a lot of elements of it. But I don't talk poorly about this person. I don't wish ill will on them. I don't do anything to try to harm them. And in fact, we've maintained a relationship in friendship and I still look out for and care for this person. I hold both. I'm, I'm injured, I'm let down, but I'm also holding the love and the care. There was no abuse ever, so that's possibly why I can and will do that. Had there been some form of abuse, then no, this person wouldn't be safe to be kept around in my life. You know, but that's how we have to manage things. Like a freaking adult. Do better, be better, expect better, you know? I think we've really let ourselves off the hook and dropped the bar because people have normalized these things. Be a better friend. We gotta take a break. We'll be back. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. All right, y'all, we are back. And now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. Today's DM says, hey, Dr. Chris, this might be a weird question. <laughs> no such thing as a weird question. Just stupid ones. No, I'm just kidding. Um, that's what they used to always say. There's no such thing as a dumb question. Uh, okay, might be a weird question. But are there any places that you shouldn't take someone you're trying to get to know? I like that, that you shouldn't. Like, for example, a first date to a movie because you really can't talk to them. Or are there ideal first date places? I like this. You know, my, my advice is always this, date authentically and honestly, so that the person you're going on a date with can get a sense of who you are, what you like to do, and whether or not you're compatible. We don't want to misrepresent ourselves and sell a dream, and we don't want to take them on a date we think they'll like. Take them on a date that you like, so again, you can see if they know how to participate in your life. My favorite famous example that I've shared on the show is when I went on a date with someone, I took them to a museum. I love going to see art. You can hear my, my uh, Philly accent in there. 
And uh, so I'm not going to say, oh my God, I wonder what this person likes to do. Let me, no, I'm going to show them what I like to do. I'm going to let them be a part of my life for the day. And I'm going to see how it goes. Didn't go well. They were on their phone the whole time. This is not someone who I want to be, have a part of my life. Now, of course, I'm not going to make a global decision about who someone is based on one experience. Maybe there was something going on with their phone that was important to them. However, I did ask, I said, Hey, it'd be great if you could like be here with me. I basically was like, get off your phone. And I realized it wasn't anything meaningful. They were just jerking around on it. So um, it wasn't going to work because I want someone who appreciates what I appreciate, who knows how to be present with me and actually just has like the respect on us. I think it was like a second or third day to just like, I don't know, put your phone down. Like it was, and I, you know, so yeah, take them into your real world. Do the things you like to do. See how it goes. I've shared on the show before I'm vegan. So I'm going to take my date to a vegan restaurant because I'm vegan. And that's the kind of places I love to eat. The food's awesome. So I want to make sure my date is sophisticated enough to enjoy to all different types of cuisines, Ethiopian, Indian, Thai, uh, I, and again, if that's not going to work, it's not going to work. That's a big part of my life. So I don't go to a restaurant. I think they'll like, I take them to the restaurants. I like to see what would they fit into my life on a Friday night when we want to go out to eat, uh, stuff like that. And you know, there's this joke in LA where they're like a hike is not a first date. It is for me. Cause I love hiking. So I will take people on a hike as a date to see if they again can fit into my life and whether or not they enjoy my life, value my life. So be honest and authentic. So I don't think there's a bad place to take someone on a date. The places you go are the places you should go. Uh, now, things like movies are interesting. The The gift of a movie is at least it's a shared experience. You're having the same experience at the same time, and afterwards you can talk about it. I wouldn't let the date be completely just a film. I would have something planned before and after. Ideally, I would do a film down the road. I wouldn't really make a film in my mind as part of early dating. Cause again, I want to spend a lot of time talking to see if we're compatible and we, if we have things in common and if we enjoy each other. And if two hours of the date is sitting quietly in a movie, I'm missing out on getting to know that. And I'm extending our time together by dating, having to go on more dates before I even really know if I like them or enjoy them, but I'm an intellectual. And so to me, it does matter if they can enjoy the things I enjoy talking about, if they see the world in the way I see the world. Uh, so I wouldn't go personally on a movie for me. I wouldn't go on a, to see a movie until like the 10th or 12th date in my mind when I do feel comfortable with who they are. Cause for me, I want to be doing things where we can talk. So I'm about going to dinner. I'm about going hiking. I'm about going to see art. I'm about going at night to maybe walk on the beach or have a picnic, uh, things like that. I'm all about meeting for coffee as our first date. I know some people are like, Oh, that's not very, I don't care what is what I do it my way. And my usual first date's going for coffee. I want to see what you're like in the afternoon, sitting there talking. <laughs> I don't drink and I don't want to go for a drink. I don't want to be in a dark, loud place and intoxicated for us to be able to connect. So do you and find out if they can catch up and keep up and participate, you know? All right. That's our DMS. If you got a question for us, drop in the DMS on our Loveline IG page. We'd love to hear from you because as you're helping yourself out with your question, you're helping others out and people are probably wondering some of the same stuff. So they learn while you're learning, you know, anything you want us to maybe circle back to drop deeper into also put it in the, uh, DMS on the IG Loveline page. Want to hear from you past episodes of the show over at we are channelq.com. Scroll down the for love line and click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen, and share because it's all about the repetition. You got to hear this stuff repeatedly. That's why I, I cycle through some of the same topics, constantly talking about how to be a good partner, constantly talking about hookup culture, constantly talking about how to do breakups if you're newly single, hitting those topics over and over, always with a little bit of a different entry point, you know, different gems being dropped within it. But um, this is where the world's at, you know? Anyway, stick around. We got a lot more show to come, y'all. And then we'll be closing out with some more DMs. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back.
All right, y'all, we're back and we're talking about bullying. And before we uh, took a break and went into the DMs, I was telling everyone to be a better friend. And I really mean that. It really bums me out that I see friends supporting crap behavior in others. And they're like, yeah, key his car. Yeah, put him on blast and, and put him down and make fun of, you know, whatever and call him names and put it on your IG. And you're a horrible friend and a horrible person if that's what you're doing. You want to be a good friend and a good person. You say to this other individual, you know what? I know you're hurt and I know you're upset, but we don't bully and step into abuse as a way to cope or deal with it. We don't do that. And let's just talk about how hurt and sad we are. Let's, let's go into the emotional processing. That's what a good friend and a good person does. They don't, they don't act out all this other mess. They don't get physically abusive. They don't get socially abusive and they don't get into uh, psychological and emotional abuse because it's never okay to abuse someone. Even if they've harmed you, it's not okay to abuse them. That's why I keep using a breakup example because people have been let down, disappointed, maybe cheated on, and they somehow again think that them using abusive or violent behavior is then acceptable. It's been made acceptable because I was hurt or harmed or cheated on. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that in the court of law. Oh, he cheated on you. It's okay that you stabbed him. It doesn't work like that. And it doesn't work that way emotionally or psychologically. You are held accountable to your behaviors. So I would never say to a client, oh, I get it. I get it. He led you on. It makes sense that you keyed his car, called his boss, got him fired, reached out to all of his exes to talk smack and made a really horrible IG post. I totally get it. No, I would never say that. I'd say we got a lot of work to do. You, you have poor boundaries, no impulse control. You don't know how to resolve or work with your feelings and you don't know how to deal with disappointment. And I'd also want to understand what's going on in your world outside of that, where this is being normalized and supported because I'm worried that your friends are toxic. That's what I would say. We got a lot of work to do. So let's be better. Let's expect better. Let's speak from our better selves to other people's better selves. Let's, you know, let's, let's end this, let's end this violence. Okay. So all of that to talk about how to deal with family members that are bullies and this applies beyond family members. I want to make a first call to action to parents. I think parenting is a very difficult job. I'm not implying or acting as though I think otherwise, but don't be your child's first bully. Um, remember that your job as a parent is to help your child become the individual that they're meant to be, not the kind of individual that you want them to be, not the kind of individual you need them to be. It's not about you. They don't need to wear their hair in a cut style or color that makes you happy. They don't need to dress in a way that makes you happy. Their gender, their sexual orientation doesn't need to make sense to you. Doesn't You don't even need to agree with it. It isn't about you. It's about them. Don't be your child's first bully by bullying them or being abusive because they are non-binary or trans or gay or queer or as I shared in the past about my own life, want to wear all black or maybe dye their hair. Allow and support them. Make them be a good, kind person. Help them understand that, of course, these things don't matter because I don't want you, this is you speaking to your child, to move into the world thinking that some people are worth are worth more than others based on these certain attributes. So again, don't be your child's first bully and don't in general be a bully, which is why the opening segment was really focusing on what those elements look like. Want to go back and listen? WeAreChannelQ.com is where you want to go. All the episodes are stashed there. So go back and listen to today's episode and really ask yourself, do I do these things? <laughs> Quick review. The emotional and psychological is the name calling, belittling, criticizing, and judging. The social abuse and violence and bullying would be rumors and gossip spreading and harassment. And the physical is hitting, throwing, breaking, threatening, misuses of power, trying to control. It's all bullying and abuse and violence. So 
We're checking in on ourselves first before we even get to how to deal with others that might be the bullies. I want to make sure we're not those bullies. Um, I had to learn. I had to learn a little bit about that myself. Um, due to my own early life events, uh, I was trained to believe that the world and others aren't necessarily always safe, and I had to be on the defense. And then I had to realize as I became an adult that I'm an adult now, and I have different skills, and I can make different decisions, and I can set boundaries, and I can choose his, who's in my life and how they're in my life, and I could make the world safer. And then I can let my guard down and I can soften and I can stop using some of these old school protective mechanisms, which actually keep me from being able to feel safe or stay connected to people. And I want us all to do that. So, you know, ask yourself, why am I a bully? Why do I act like that? Like, what is that about? It's never about the other person. It's something going on within us and we have to heal and resolve that. So we don't keep taking that forward. Um, so when we come back, we're going to talk about overtly what are the things we need to do to deal with others in our lives that might be bullies but again i first wanted to make sure we aren't the bullies that we aren't the ones enacting or perpetuating all these problematic things right we got to start by looking at ourselves um and we'll be doing some dms we'll be closing out with some more of those dms you know how you know how it goes dms come from our love line ig page questions you got bam put them in there Whatever you're wondering about, someone else might be too. Helping them as you're helping yourself. Always anonymous, always confidential. Unless you put your name in there, always happy to give you a shout out. Also in the DMs on our Loveline IG page, you can drop in there a topic you want us to cover, things you want us to maybe circle back to, drop deeper into. Sometimes, you know, I drop a gem and you're like, wait a minute, wait, wait, say more. Wait, what does that mean? More, more, more. Well, let us know. DMs on our Loveline IG page. Uh, producer Alex is always in there, always in there. <laughs> 24 seven, always in there. Uh, and then past episodes of the show, because we got to unlearn a lot of stuff and relearn better perspectives, tools. Uh, that's over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline and click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen and share. We'll be back. So uh, stick around. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. All right, y'all, we're back and we're talking about bullying and family bullies and how to deal with them. We were talk, taking time, looking at us. Are we the bully? Now we're going to talk about how to deal with others if they are. First thing is plan your response ahead of time. I have my patients pre-write a script. This is how they're going to deal with uh, fat shaming family members, homophobic or transphobic or racist family members. We kind of call out, what do you, what does the bullying tend to center around? What are the triggers? What's said? Ideally, we start to maybe work our way out of and away from these bullies. We'll talk about that later. But if this is something that you maybe, for whatever reason, choose to be around, have to be around, have your script prepared. Some parents are going to be like, when are we getting kids? Why aren't you married yet? Whatever the bullying might be, the criticizing, the judging, uh, the contempt, the name calling, ask yourself, like, what, 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 what might I be up against? And what do I want my response to be? I, I don't want it to be harsh. It doesn't need to be mean. It doesn't need to be violent. I don't want to bully back. What can I say that sets a boundary? Because that's really what it's about. Letting them know what you will and will not talk about. Letting them know what you're comfortable sharing in terms of their question. And also you're retraining them into how to treat you or talk to you. Um, so this is an example from an article I wrote where they said, you know, look, I'm always dealing with a family member who is always commenting on my parenting style. And so the script that they came up with that they just say over and over and over. And again, here's the best part. When you stick with the script and you say the same thing over and over, you let them know that I don't only set boundaries, I also hold them because boundaries are meaningless if we set it and then we wind up just giving them what they want because they wear us down. There's no learning in that. So this person who is always being challenged by their parent about their parenting style says, I parent my kids according to my values. Sorry if you don't like it, but that's what I will continue to do. And that was the script. And they just say that over and over and over. 
I like things that actually shut it down. So I'm more of a fan of saying something like, hey, I'm going to stop you. I know you often like to comment on my parenting style. I'm going to ask you to not continue to do that. And then every time they do, you say the same thing. I'm going to stop you again. As I said, I'm going to ask you to not comment on my parenting style. I'm going to ask you to not do that again. And you do it over and over. I... Dr. Chris will not be a part of conversations I don't feel comfortable in, and I won't answer questions I don't feel comfortable answering. I, I am often interviewed on podcasts, articles, different sets of things, and I'm often saying, yeah, I'm not, I'm not comfortable answering that. And then they push and they push and I go, yes, as I've said, I'm not comfortable answering that. I set a boundary, I hold it. You're not going to convince me out of my boundary. You're not gonna make me talk or disclose something I don't feel safe or interested talking or disclosing. Um, I don't need to defend or explain myself. I'm an adult. <laughs> I'm actually never really willing to explain or defend myself. People can comment on my work and I'm like, cool, it's not for you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm not getting into battle with people. So that's part of it. You're setting this boundary and you're planning your response ahead of time because you're just not willing to step into the battle. You're not going to ruin my day. You know, so you have to know your boundaries. But if we know what the issue might be ahead of time, we can be even better prepared because some people aren't willing to just shut it down. But I think you should just shut down the whole process by saying, I'm not going to discuss my parenting style. But if not, I like that quote. The quote again was, I parent my kids according to my values. Sorry if you don't like it, but that's what I'm going to continue to do. And you just practice it and practice it. Same thing with fat shamers. Hey, listen, I'm going to ask you to not comment on my body when I'm coming home. And then if they do it while you're at the dinner table, I'm going to stop you and ask you to not comment on my body. Again, I'm going to stop you and ask you not comment on what I'm eating. And you hold that boundary. You let them know what's what you're comfortable and willing to talk about, but also you let them know the conversations you're willing to be around. I always tell people to do that with your friends. Hey, let's not be that social group that talks poorly about other people and gossips. Let's talk about something else. Hey, let's not be that social group that's always talking about our weight and our bodies, keeping us in our disordered eating and just body dysmorphia. Can we talk about something else? Is anyone reading any good books? You know what I mean? Like, I don't care how much you weigh and, and what your weight loss was. Most uninteresting, boring conversation that keeps us all in a toxic mindset because who cares, right? So that's the first one. Also, remember, you're standing up to them without hostility. We're not fighting fire with fire. And strong people stay soft and calm. Strong people don't need to rise up and meet them and pick a fight, you know? So take a strong, solid stance. Keep your eye contact, but keep the words clear and distinct, you know? Don't let someone pull you into a battle. I see that happen all the time. Then you're not holding your boundary. We get, we get off and running. And I know that when you're dealing with these things repeatedly, especially with the same people, it's really hard to stay calm, anchored, and regulated, which again is why we practice these scripts. But part of dealing with bullies is letting them know I won't be dealt with. Part of dealing with bullies is letting them know you're not going to get a reaction out of me. Because if you give people a reaction or you let them know you are willing to have your boundaries ignored, or if you are willing to talk about things you don't want to, they'll keep doing it. It's kind of like even with dating, don't give people a hook to hang hope on. If you're not interested in someone anymore, let them know, hey, it's been great hanging out, but the chemistry's not there. I don't want to keep talking or hanging out. So we can all just move on. Don't give bullies a hook by saying, sure, I'll engage in this conversation I don't want to have or talk about things that don't feel safe or comfortable for me. Shut it down. So you can hold your boundary and stand up to them, but standing up to someone and holding a boundary isn't aggressive and it's not harsh. Because again, when we're battling a monster, we wanna be thoughtful that we don't become a monster ourselves. So we can't fight violence with violence, meaning if someone's being emotionally abusive, we don't then start emotionally abusing them back. If someone's physically abusive, we don't physically abuse back, we leave. I want people to walk away from the fight, always. The strong, healthy people walk away from fights. They don't even need to have their day ruined. They don't even need to step into that. They maintain their peace and their mental health. 
It's a big one, which basically means they walk away from the situation. That's a huge part of this, removing yourself, walking away. People see the back of my head when they try to pick a fight, which I can't even remember the last time that happened because I just can't be bothered. You know, uh, someone's upset that you cut them off in line. I'm like, you know, have a great rest of your day. And I keep going. You know what I mean? It's not that deep. My mental health and my, my nervous system need to stay safe, grounded, and regulated. The world's got enough going on. Burnout is something a lot of us are living in. And so it's like our nervous systems don't need to take on these small, stupid things. Set those boundaries, walk away. We're going to talk more about how to manage bullies. Um, DMs, always open. Put your questions in there, topics, things you want us to hit, circle back to. Um, and as we said, we are channelq.com. It's where you want to go to check out past episodes. Scroll down, look for Love Line, click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen, and share. Maybe check out some of the other shows while you're there, some good stuff. Um, but again, it's all about the practice. So you got to get that practice in. You got to get the right perspectives. We have to unlearn and then relearn. But we'll be back. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Stick around. More to come. All right, y'all, we are back and we're just closing out our discussion of are you a bully? How to deal with bullies? Again, there's the emotional, psychological, there's the social, and there's the physical, the psycho emotional is name calling, belittling, criticizing, judging, um, intimidating kind of goes in there. The social is gossiping and spreading rumors. That's abuse. That's violence. That's bullying. And then the physical is hitting and throwing and punching, but also breaking things, throwing things near and around someone creates just like a culture of environment. It's fear. You know, it's an indirect attempt at direct harm. You know, I maybe am not going to hit you. So I'll throw things around you and get as close to that as I can. Still violent, still abusive. And then we're talking about what do you do though if these other people in your life are? Well, first you plan ahead of time. What is it that I think we're going to be up against? What might be said? And how do I want to respond? And you rehearse it and you rehearse it and you rehearse it so that when it happens, those words flow right off your tongue. My favorite is I'm going to stop you. I'm not comfortable talking about this. Case closed. And you'll hear me say that over and over because once you set a boundary, you have to hold it. Very few people are healthy enough to say, I hear your boundary and I'll honor it. They push and they push and they push and they push. You have to hold it. Then we talked a lot about the fact that when you stand up to a bully, it doesn't need to be aggressive or violent. It is actually a form of walking away where you say, that's not okay that you did that. You take a strong stance, but you don't step into the fight. And then we talked about removing yourself from the situation, which often is sometimes the best thing to do. Just walk away, you know, um, it takes time to remember that. But sometimes the best thing to do is to just not even set in, step into it. Then uh, setting boundaries. And remember, we can set boundaries ahead of time. I'm a big fan of that. Hey, I'm going to be coming home for the holiday. I'm going to ask you that we don't talk about A, B, C, and D. And uh, you, when we set boundaries, we talk about what we'll do. Because if that happens, I'm going to just you know exit the table. And you let people know what you'll do. You're not, you know what I mean? Here's what, here's the boundary I'm setting and here's what my response will be. And the response is always about us taking care of ourselves. I'm going to stop talking. I'm going to walk away. I might go home for the night. Um, you know, the party ends if that starts happening. You can even elicit the support of those around you. Sometimes on our own, it's a little rough. So we reach out to a family member or a friend and we say, hey, could you help support me in setting this boundary? Could you be an ally and maybe also speak up? Could you maybe speak up for me? Sometimes we're not able to do it ourselves and we need someone to do it for us or with us. Also, sometimes we bring an ally. If you have to attend an event or a space or a place, is there someone you can bring whose mere presence is empowering? Um, 
because sometimes it's hard to do things alone. I'm a big fan of people taking a friend with them to the doctors if they need to set boundaries about be uh, boundaries around being weighed or gender stuff. Taking a friend with you to a family event because people might be drinking or drugging and you're in sobriety and you want to have a resource or an anchor. So feel free to elicit the help of others. We are better and stronger because of the support and presence of others. We don't need to do things on our own. Nothing is ever done on our own. I want us to get familiar asking for help and having borrowed functioning and relying upon others and leaning on them and letting them hold us up. That is okay to do that. In fact, that is part of a healthy relationship. <laughs> um, and then sometimes we have to just permanently remove people. And that's a really hard one. And it's hard to even recommend or say that, that sometimes people can't be a part of our lives because when we set boundaries and we try to really take care of ourselves, they don't honor it and they push or they make it worse. Not everyone's healthy enough to have in our life. And it's a really hard thing to realize that maybe we need to cut someone off or remove them. I don't, I don't offer that lightly. I know that that's a big deal and I make sure that that's reasonable and necessary. We don't want to go just kicking people out because they've disappointed us or frustrated us. If someone's disappointing or frustrating, you work with that and you work through that. But if someone's a bully or violent or abusive, they're gone. You don't need to be around that and you don't have to be around that. I know that is again foreign to some people where they are not familiar with having friends, family members, and loved ones who are just good, kind people. But I promise you, they do exist. Love doesn't involve bullying. Love does not involve abuse, name calling and attacking. Love does not involve violence ever, but we are not familiar with that. We allow that and we've normalized that. And a lot of things that are bullying or violent or abusive, we've gotten familiar. And a lot of it comes when we're let down or frustrated or broken up with, our feelings are hurt and we just let ourselves off the hook and those around us let themselves off the hook or they support our bad behavior and we have to do better at holding ourselves and those around us accountable. It's a collectivity-based mindset. So work on that. We all have growth to do around that. That's part of how we also work on generalized mental health is working on reducing and removing these things, getting rid of misuses of power, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that's that y'all. But again, always examine it in yourself first because we want to make sure that we aren't the, the bully. We want to make sure that we aren't the perpetrator. And um, when we're in a position of power, it can be very easy to misuse that sometimes and to become an, a bully of your students in the classroom um, or the friends who are maybe younger than you or of a partner or of an employee if you're a boss or a supervisor. Um, some of these forms of bullying have just become normal, you know, raising our voice, uh, using fear, creating anxiety. Um, but anyway, sit with it, track it, work on it. <laughs> All right, coming up next, we're gonna do some DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Questions, topics, things you want us to circle back, drop deeper into. And like I said, past episodes, always over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down for Love Line, click on it, binge, post, re-listen, and share. It's all about the practice, y'all, but uh, we got more to come, so stick around and don't go anywhere. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back, y'all, so uh, stick around because there is more to come. Lots more fun and gems. All right, see you, see you in a few. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. All right, y'all, we are back, and now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. All right, let's see what y'all sent. These DMs come from our Loveline IG page. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris and Loveline, I've been with my partner since high school, so about 12 years. Bam. I don't know. that I, I, I'm not a fan of that. I'm going to be honest. I think people shouldn't get into serious, committed relationships until their 30s. I think you should spend your teenage years and your early 20s dating, learning about how to be a relational partner, having different experiences with different people, sexually exploring, have a lot of sex, date a lot of people, just do it with consent and compassion, asking the right questions, setting boundaries relationships and sex are developmental milestones. Just like everything else in the world, we need a lot of experiences to get a lot of skills. The reason why we're horrible within sexual health and relational health is because we don't have a lot of experience in practice and we learn about ourselves through those experiences. So please, if you get too serious too soon, like in high school for 12 years, you're missing out on learning about yourself and you're only working off of this one person, which limits your development. So just like everything else, if you want to be a good chef, you taste a lot of different food and go to a lot of different restaurants. If you're a therapist, oh, dear God in heaven, I hope you do a lot of trainings and read a lot of different kinds of literature. If you're an athlete, you run on different terrain and different levels of oxygen and um, uh, sea levels so that your lungs are challenged and you're learning how to run uphills, downhills. Sex and relationships are the same way. The people that are like, oh, I had the same girlfriend since I was 12 and now I'm 50. It's like, yeah. You're going to be a little immature and limited maybe now re-entering that dating and sex world. So I'm not a fan of that. However, let's go back to your question. Been together 12 years since high school. Man, you missed out on a lot. We've been on and off again that entire time. Some of the time due to distance. Some of the time due to arguments. I told them recently that I'm tired of the back and forth and deserve something more stable. Which I don't think is possible <laughs> since we all know. Since all we know is instability. Aye. Is there a way to make this work? Oh my God, that's your question? It's too broad. I don't really understand what the issue is. All you've told me is you have a lot of arguments and back and forth. Couples therapy, that's my answer, couples therapy. I have no idea what the specifics are. Um, couples therapy, and I'd also read some good mental health books and use them as workbooks and, and read books on relational health, books about healthy relationships and call yourself out. What am I doing, what am I not doing? Because that's my answer, start with yourself. Sit down and ask yourself, 
when I look at myself as a partner within this relationship, what parts of my behavior am I proud of? What parts am I not proud of? Where do I need to work? If you can't identify yourself in that way, we got a bigger problem. You need to be more aware of yourself. So you need to sit down and call yourself out. What do I need to get better at? What is my contribution to these arguments we're having? And let me work on being better. And if you're not willing or able to do that, then you're not ready to be anyone's partner. Because I expect that of everyone I work with, all of my patients. I will say that to them. What do you need to work on? How have you been as a partner this week? I don't say, tell me what your partner's done wrong. I say, I want to hear from you what you need to do better. And you can do that on your own. And you can do that by using some relational health book as a workbook. Start with yourself though, because if you improve, they're forced to improve because they're now dealing with and relating to a healthier, better partner. So start with yourself. And a lot of people don't like that answer. They want three quick, easy tips. It doesn't work like that. You need to work on transforming the way you are within relationship. And if you're struggling, which would break my heart because I want us to have enough awareness of ourselves where we can answer that, ask your partner lovingly, can you share with me what changes you'd love to have me work on in terms of my partnership and personality and then go do it. If that's not going to work, you can try couples, but that's what couples therapy will essentially look like. And if you're not willing to do it, then you're just not ready. So first start with yourself. That's always my advice to everyone. All the topics I share on the show, I'm like, let's look at ourselves first. Are we doing this? Is this us? Is this something we need to learn before we point our finger? Because until we're doing our work, A+, plus, we can't even begin to worry about what our partner's doing because they're responding to us and they're on the receiving end of us. So step up your stuff and they'll be, and they'll be forced to step up theirs. That's the good answer, you know, because you don't even have to necessarily require anything of your partner, but I'd love for you to be able to sit down and say to them, here's what I'm going to do. And I'd love for you to do this as well. And we'll then inherently improve. It's about practice. The quality of your life and relationship is rooted in the quality of your practice. Start practicing being a better partner. All right, y'all, that is our show. We'll be back tomorrow. So join us then. If you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Questions, topic, things you want us to uh, hit, circle back, drop deeper into. Love hearing from you. That goes on the uh, Loveline IG page in the DMs and past episodes of the show. Check them out. It's over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline and click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen, and share. Y'all, have a good night. Take care of yourselves. Be good to you, but also those around you. As always, thanks for hanging out. You enjoy the rest of your night. Good night, everybody. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey. 